He was born in a prison of silence. And it wasn't until Thaddeus was uh, seven years old when he really understood his disability, that he couldn't hear, that he was deaf. Thaddeus uh, realized this through his mother's motions, and when he finally understood, they both cried. Thaddeus wept because it was the first time he understood why he was different from everyone else. And his mother wept because this was the first time she had communicated something meaningful to her son. Thaddeus grew up in silence. He watched lips form words he could not understand. He made sounds and could not be understood. He was trapped in a solitary world where he was by himself, alone, suffering. Many years later, he was sitting in a room during the heat of the day in his own home, when suddenly a group of people rushed into the room and started grabbing him by his arms and leading him out of his house. And this kind of attention would be terrifying to anyone, but especially to someone who is usually ignored. And Thad didn't understand where they were taking him or why. And the more he resisted, the more this group pushed him along and the more frightened he became. And he began to twist out of their grasp. And the, the more he twisted away from, from the people, the more men came to try to hold him by the arms and legs and carry him against his will. And after a long walk, he was suddenly dropped in the dust. And when he got to his knees, he squinted up looking in the sun and seeing the form of a figure, a man who was smiling to him and slowly reaching down. I've just uh, described to you an account that appears in your Bible in Mark chapter 7, the gospel of Mark. And beginning with verse 31, we read this. Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people carried a man to Jesus who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on the man. After Jesus took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, and then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Jesus looked up to heaven and said with a deep sigh, Ephetha, which means be open. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He's done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the account of Jesus and the man I've been calling Thaddeus. The account doesn't say what his name was. I made Thaddeus up. Uh, this man with the name something like Thaddeus uh, actually had this experience of being carried to Jesus and there's something implied in this phrase. Some people carried a man to Jesus. This should make you ask, why does a deaf man need to be carried? And why does it take a group of people, some people, carry him to Jesus? These details imply 
that this guy, let's call him Thaddeus, uh, was brought against his will to Jesus in a frightened panic. But then Jesus does a series of things that are just amazing. Seeing the panic in the eyes of this man who was dropped at his feet, Scripture says that Jesus took Thaddeus aside to comfort him. The text conveys that Jesus kind of put his arm around the shoulders, the shaking shoulders of this man, and drew him away from the crowd so that he could talk to him and and comfort him. And then I love this calming Thaddeus. Jesus puts his fingers in his ears and touches his tongue. Why? Why did Jesus do this? Did Jesus need to touch Thaddeus in order to heal him? No. Uh, The gospel records on several occasions that Jesus healed people long distance. Uh, Jesus could heal sick people who were not even in his presence. Jesus didn't need to touch Thaddeus to heal him. Jesus touched him for a deeper reason. Through this account, Jesus is teaching me how love heals. And first, Jesus teaches that love heals through personal contact. Jesus' touch was a imperative part of this healing miracle. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, the healing power of love was conveyed to this man through the healing power of personal touch. Jesus used the language of touch to tell Thad what he was going to do. Jesus said through touch signs, I am going to open your ears. I am going to loosen your tongue. Jesus used touch signs in order to communicate uh, to this man who couldn't understand otherwise, to allay his fears, to befriend him, to love him. Jesus did something that maybe no one had ever done in Thaddeus' life before. And then Jesus looked toward heaven and he sighed. Don't miss this phrase because this is a very very important. This sigh is very important to this healing miracle and what Jesus is teaching about love. Actually, sigh is not a very good English translation of the Greek word. Uh, The Greek word is estenesen, which means to groan with pain. It's the same Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses in Romans chapter 8, Uh, to describe how the entrance of sin has caused an effect in all creation, such that all creation groans like a woman in labor. And so if estenesen refers to labor pains, do you think the word sigh is a good translation? Let me ask the ladies who have uh, given birth to a baby. How many of you... When you were pushing out this 40-pound baby, I'm a guy, I don't know how much, I'm a baby's way, I'm not really sure, but uh, pushing out this baby in the midst of your labor effort, did you express yourself with a little, ah, a sigh? I don't think so. A woman in the delivery room lets out an estenesen, a groan of pain, and Jesus looked to heaven with estenesen, and he groaned in pain. Whose pain? This man's pain. 
Thaddeus's pain in one groan. Jesus summarized all the nights that Thaddeus cried himself to sleep in one moan. He summarized the pain of Thaddeus in his solitary world and the pain of being rejected and misunderstood and mistreated in his loneliness and fear. But why? Why did Jesus feel this man's pain so deeply? This gets to one of the reasons why this healing account is so profound. This account touches on the profound mystery of the incarnation, that Jesus is both fully God and fully human. Jesus felt Thad's pain because as God, Jesus had deep feelings about the way sin ravages our lives. It breaks God's heart that boys are born unable to hear. This is not God's intention from the Garden of Eden. This is the wicked aftermath of our race's rebellion against God. As God, Jesus groans that with the pain of boys and girls born blind, kids abused and bullied because they're different. As God, Jesus groans with pain because of the invasion of sin that makes us all victims of deformity and disease and death. But there's another reason why. As God, Jesus groaned for Thaddeus. It's because as God, Jesus was a witness of Thad's personal pain. Jesus groaned in pain because as God, he was there all those nights Thaddeus cried himself to sleep. He was there those days when Thaddeus was left behind and all the other kids went to school. Jesus groaned because he saw it all. But there's still one more reason why Jesus groaned for Thaddeus is because Jesus is not only God. He is fully human. And as a human being, Jesus had some experience with the kind of pain that Thaddeus had experienced. Jesus knew firsthand what it felt like to be different. Jesus grew up with the public stigma that Joseph was not his biological dad. Jesus groaned for Thaddeus because Jesus knew something. He felt the kind of pain that Thaddeus experienced of being mocked or mistreated or rejected. Jesus groaned for Thaddeus because Jesus felt his pain. And this is what Jesus teaches about communicating love through this encounter. Jesus teaches that love heals through personal compassion. Don't miss the fact that Jesus' personal compassion was an imperative part of this healing miracle. The healing power of love was conveyed to this man through the healing power of compassion. Not only does Jesus groan for this man in Scripture, Jesus groans with you. Jesus knows you. Jesus has been with you in your solitary pain, in each way that you've been hurt by sin or mistreated by life 
or have become a victim of other people's sin. Jesus has seen it all, and he's filled with compassion for you. And before you leave this room, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive the healing that comes with receiving this love, loving compassion of Jesus. But this account does not end with Jesus' groan of compassion, but with a word of affirmation. The story ends with Jesus speaking to Thaddeus. Jesus says the word ephetha, which means be open. Through this word, Jesus teaches how love heals through personal communication. Jesus' personal communication was an imperative part of this healing miracle. The healing power of love was conveyed to this man through Jesus' personal expression of one spoken word. Jesus demonstrates that love must be communicated. Personal contact is not enough. The internal groan of com personal compassion is not enough. Love must also be expressed. And when loving contact comes together with loving compassion and loving communication, love heals. And when Jesus teaches this, he not only is uh, teaching it in word, but he models this by who he is. Meaning that in Jesus, God makes personal contact with us. He touches us. In Jesus, God expresses personal compassion for us. He feels our pain. He's lived here. In Jesus, God personally communicates love. And Jesus is the word. The word become flesh and Jesus heals us when we come to him, and then he fills us with his spirit so that we can then bring healing love to our hurting world. This is what we've been learning through this diagram that shows how God's love works. It begins with God, of course. God is love. God so loved us that he came in Jesus, who in love died on the cross for us. And then one by one, I come in personal faith, in Jesus, and what he did on the cross for me. And then Jesus heals me, and he fills me with his spirit so that I can then reflect this same healing love in my relationships, at home, at school, at work, and in my community. Do you see this process taking place in your life? I mean, honestly, do you see this healing love flowing from you into your relationships? If you're not sure, let me give you a test, because there is a test. Quick story. I know a guy named Bill who has uh, two big dogs. Uh, they are well-trained dogs. I mean, you could put a juicy steak in front of these two dogs, and they will not touch it until Bill gives the word. Uh, these two dogs have uh, gone to obedience school. Uh, training clinics, dog classes. In fact, I know Bill. These two dogs have more education than Bill. <laughs> One evening, Bill had a pizza in front of him on the coffee table, and his dogs were lying at his feet, and he was uh, watching TV. 
And on one channel, uh, Bill found a uh, famous animal trainer uh, explaining how a dog's nature can be tested. And the test is very simple. Uh, the owner just needs to fall down and uh, pretend to be hurt. And a dog with a bad temper will tend to growl at the situation or may even bite the owner. Uh, and a, a good-natured dog will, sh will draw close, will show concern, and may even lick the owner's face. And so right there, Bill decided to test the inner nature of his two dogs. So he suddenly uh, stood up, clutched his throat, and pretended to choke on a piece of pizza and fell down on the floor. And then through uh, half-closed eyes, he watched how his dogs would react. And through squinted eyes, this is what Bill saw. He saw his two dogs look at him. And then his two dogs looked at each other. And then they grabbed the pizza and ran out the door. <laughs> Don't try this at home. Just like Bill, you could be on the floor, hungry, alone, and lose your best two friends in this world. Now, I don't know if this is a good test for a dog or not, but I do know this is a good test for me and for you. You can test whether you are bringing healing love to your world. The test is how you react when a person falls down in front of you. The test is how you react to those who are choking in life, how you react to those who are hurt and need help. When you learn that someone in your house is hurt and angry, do you grab the pizza and run? Or do you look for an opportunity to draw close, to listen, to bring healing kind of love? When you learn someone at school or at work has a destructive habit that they're struggling with, or they've received a devastating medical report, do you choose to slowly fade the back, black and back away? Or... Do you draw close through showing compassion and love? Right now, let's choose to bring healing love to our hurting world by following what Jesus teaches, starting with how love heals through my personal contact. Instead of slowly backing away from people in pain, Jesus calls me to draw close with the touch of love. Uh, my son and daughter are uh, juniors, and they're, they love being a part of this church's uh, senior high group called Fusion. And through my kids, I get to know many uh, Fusion students and uh, hear their inspiring stories about how God uses them among their peers, but also far beyond their peer group. Uh, one Fusion student told me how uh, she was doing her uh, homework down at the Panera, several blocks down from where we are uh, right now. And she had uh, this incredible sense that God wanted to reach out uh, and have her pray for someone in pain right there in Panera. And so she closed her textbook and for the next 15 minutes started kind of wandering around Panera uh, looking for this person, not knowing who it was. And so she looked and looked and never found the, the leading. And she therefore started to pack her things and, 
had her hand on the door to exit Panera, when out of the corner of her eye, she saw an elderly couple uh, sitting across from each other in a booth, holding hands and crying. And she knew this was God's opportunity. And so she went up to this couple and uh, gently explained how she was, a, she was just a teenager wandering around Panera asking God who she could pray for. And she wondered if they could use some prayer. And immediately the woman said, please sit down. Uh, we've just come from uh, the doctor and my husband has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Would you please pray for us? And so this fusion student sat down and the three of them held hands and prayed. And when they finished, the student shared how she looked at the couple and saw that they were crying even more. But now they were not shedding tears of despair. They were weeping the kinds of tears that come from the healing that comes with the knowledge that God saw their pain and that God loved them enough to send someone to participate in their, in their healing. Just like this student, you can bring healing when you refuse to back away and instead you look for opportunities to bring prayer into places of pain and you look for opportunities to hold the hands of the hurting because you understand that love heals through your personal touch, personal contact. In the same way, Jesus also teaches how love heals through my personal compassion. Compassion is my willingness to feel another person's pain in a way that leads me to better understand why this person is acting or saying or displaying what this person is displaying. When my compassion understands how my coworker is being beaten up from an ex-spouse in a bitter divorce, I'm able to understand and forgive my coworker's toxic sarcasm and negativity and bring healing. Forgiving my enemies is the best thing I can do for my own heart. But the only way I can forgive is to exercise compassion in my heart. I know men and women who have been severely abused by their parents. And the only way they have found the freedom of forgiveness is through compassion, a compassion that sees their mom and dad's private pain and private hurt and how they were victims before they became victimizers. Finally, Jesus teaches that love heals through my personal communication. A driven man shared with me his recent discovery that the reason behind his workaholism today is because, well, it traces to his past and how his father never expressed any appreciation for him. How his father never told him that he was proud of him. He never said he was thankful to have him as a son. And then this recovering workaholic said to me, but my, my father's gone now, so I guess it's too late, and there's nothing I can do about it. 
but knowing a little bit about this man's distant relationship with his own teenage son, I said, you know, not so fast. And so that night, this dad went into his son's bedroom while he was at his desk doing homework, and the dad sat on the bed and said, son, I want to tell you that the reason for the distance between us is not you. It's me. Son, I want to say the words to you that I never heard from my dad. I'm so proud of you. I love you. I couldn't love you anymore. I couldn't love you any less. And I'm so thankful that you are my son. And at these words, this son started to cry. And after a few moments, he opened the drawer of his desk and he took out a suicide note that he had been writing and rewriting for weeks. And with tears of relief, this father and son were able to rip up that note into little pieces. Hear me out. This is a dramatic example of a very simple truth. The truth is that God's love cannot heal through you unless you personally communicate your love. If you have a word of love to share with someone in your life, you must say the word. If you have a word of apology to share with someone, you must say the word. If you have a word of forgiveness or a word of affirmation or approval, don't sit in silence. Don't assume that the other person already knows. Don't hold it in. Say it. Jesus teaches that when loving contact and loving compassion comes together with a simple word of expression, your loving communication, love heals. You can bring healing love to others. But before you can share this kind of healing love from Jesus, you must first receive this healing love from Jesus. Remember how Thaddeus was, uh, how he came to Jesus kicking and screaming? It is possible that maybe you're here against your will. You don't really want to be here. Maybe you have been resisting Jesus your whole life. But maybe like Thaddeus, right now you feel a strong arm around your shoulder. Maybe right now you sense a personal touch from an all-loving hand. Maybe right now you understand for the first time that the pain that you've experienced in your solitary world, all those lonely nights, all those experiences of rejection, you were never solitary. You were never alone. You've always had a friend. That friend's name is Jesus. And he's always been there. Jesus groaned over your pain then. Jesus groans over your pain right now. But he doesn't want to leave you in pain right now, today. Jesus wants to heal you once and for all. Jesus has the power to heal you if you will just receive his loving compassion displayed for you personally on the cross. Receive him because 
Where you need healing, his love works. Let's pray. So let's begin with you. Maybe uh, for the first time you've realized that uh, you've never really received uh, the love of God through your personal faith in what Jesus did on the cross for you. Would you make this that moment? Would you just whisper a prayer, not out loud, just between you and God? Say something like this. God, I understand that you have been with me all along. But you've never really received from me an invitation of friendship into my life. So right now I want to do that. Jesus, will you give me your love and forgiveness through my belief in what you did on the cross for me? And I not only receive your love, but I receive your spirit so that I can then bring this healing love to my hurting world. How about you if you're here and you already have this relationship with, with God, but, but there's still parts in your life where you know you have not received his healing. You've not let Jesus be there and grown with you and receive that healing that would make you a healer. Would you do that right now? Just in the quiet, would you receive that healing in that broken place from the one who knows, who is there, who's always been there. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.